Hey everybody, it's Beyond the Pew, Pastor Beyond the Eric Pew. Gill. Thank you for having me back, Pastor Minister, Bruce. I mean, Bishop, Minister Bishop Eric Bruce. Gill. <laughs> Bishop Rosa Bishop or Bishop Bruce? Bruce? Which one do you prefer? Bishop Bruce. That's, mm, yeah. I don't think I like the term. But that's Bible, though. Well, I'm not you know, The Bible not. calls I'm elders just, or bishop. I'm just saying, I don't know that I would want someone to call me Bishop. So what will, you, what will you want them to call you? Bruce, yeah. Yeah, but that 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 takes away from the the respect that should come with your you know status. Well, what would you want to be called, Eric? But that takes away the respect. No, I'm comes... just starting my journey. No, you're yeah. you're pastor though. You're yeah. A pastor. Yeah, but you have been in ministry for how many years? For a while, yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's, so it's... a man is due ah, his respect. Titles, titles, titles. Yeah. Right? Titles, titles, titles. People can get so caught up in titles. <laughs> Right? I mean, they can. <laughs> that they is can true. Have, that is true. So many different titles. And all, all that means nothing. Indeed. In eternity. Indeed. Yeah. Indeed. But I'll still call you Bishop Bruce. I don't, you you yeah. can call me that if you want. I don't get upset about <laughs> titles. You can do that whatever you want. Yeah. Um, I think it's like episode 15. 15? 15 or 16, believe it yeah. or not, all around the world, Eric. I'll, actually, I, I saw that someone in front of Alaska. So if you're from Alaska and you're listening or watching. You know. It's not around the world, but still. Yeah, Alaska. Alaska is around the world. Plus well, the United States. Yeah, but it's not. It's not around the world. But <laughs> yeah, I mean, I sure. mean, it's not in the U.S. U.S. I mean, it's you, you, it, it is. It only is. So will you say that Hawaii, is. Hawaii is not around the world? When the Hawaii is part of the United States as well. I mean, yeah, but what is Hawaii next to the U.S.? <laughs> That's is what around next? the world mean. Is it <laughs> around the world mean around? <laughs> Like most people, when they think of around the world, they would think of like China, other hemisphere. Yeah, the, right? I mean, like well, they would yeah, think of I like mean. China, Thailand, Italy. So is Hawaii not in a know. different hemisphere? Well, no, Hawaii. Hawaii is still considered. Is it I in believe, North America? It's not. It's not. It's not part of the contiguous, contiguous states, right? So it's not part of the the, the contiguous states. The mainland, if you will, it's not part of the mainland, if you will, but it's yeah, part but of our... it is around the world. Like it's like it, you have to take a plane to go there, and, and it is pretty far. <laughs> so is Washington State around the world? Have you it is around the world. I mean, really? it's not where we are right oh, now. So, so, so if someone says, "Hey, I'm going to travel around the world," in your mind, you think, "Oh, that means Alaska." Yeah, I mean, sure, really? sure it does. You wouldn't think it meant like you know. Okay. I mean, it teach mean, his it, own. I yeah, mean, potato, potato. It fits within the definition. That's fine. Yeah. yeah, I don't think it does, but that's fine. We can go with that. <laughs> it's um, like a, a I contiguous state. <laughs> contiguous United States. That's the 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 mainland, if you will. Of listen, the, I skipped my math class. It seems like you missed your geography class. You should, do you know what the contiguous states are? I know what a contiguous. What's state? the contiguous state? That is within the country. <laughs> <laughs> You're, wait, you're making fun of me about the contiguous states. Do you Listen, know what the contiguous I play, states? I, I, I plead the fifth. English is not my first language, so you go ahead and you do. You know, my definition of contiguous means like in continuation, right? Is that not what that means? No. Oh, well, no. That's then. fine. Yeah. So, um, made a question with around the definition. World. Around the world, in your mind, is Alaska and Hawaii, which is fine. I mean, if that's the definition. What, what's your definition of around I the world? I told you, I would think like you know, completely different hemispheres, <laughs> and I would think it would be like. But isn't Hawaii in a different hemisphere? No, they're not. No. They're not. No. <laughs> no. What? What? I'm saying it's what? in the Western what? Hemisphere. What? The, like you have the Eastern, the Far East, which would be like China, like Far East. 
But then you have the Western Hemisphere, which would be the United States, which would include Hawaii, include Alaska. Yeah, it's the Western. Hawaii is in the Western Hemisphere. Yes. Somebody fetch check this man. Yes, I Not would think me. it is. Is that can we can we phone a friend? Is yeah. that Northern Northern Hemisphere? Yeah. Northern Hemisphere, yeah. but America's in Northern Hemisphere as well. No, it's, it's the Western. West. But yeah. what would be the what would be around the world? It would be the East. Yeah, around the world, you have the Western Hemisphere. Yeah, but so it, but it's a you know unless you believe that the world is flat, then around the world will only include this. But around the world can also include this. If you're not, and if you're listening, the motion okay. I'm making is up and down. Here's what we want as we get started. We want people to comment below <laughs> if when someone says around the world, they think that means Hawaii. No, the question should be if you're if you're traveling to Hawaii, will that consider would all the will, could that also be considered that you're traveling around the world from the United States from the United States? Yeah. So like if someone took a trip uh, anniversary to Hawaii, I've never heard someone say I'm traveling around the world for my anniversary. Where are you well, going? if you're Hawaii. traveling around the world, the implication too is that you're traveling more than one destination, right? Then he wouldn't because. All right, yeah. let's get into some of these questions. All right, jump We've in. been working through these questions. That's an important one. We've been working through these questions step by step. Yeah. Lots of questions. We're almost done. Yeah. Almost done. 330-331-6453 if you have questions. About anything. anything. Just not math or anything geography. Anything or geography apparently. or anything like that. Anything yeah. in the world, though. Anything in the world um, that they can submit the questions. So let's, <laughs> let's jump into these. Um, first question that I want to get your opinion on, that I think is a very important question, mm-hmm. Eric. What was your most embarrassing childhood experience? Oh, my gosh. There's so many. Oh, let me... Th- I think for me, one of the most embarrassing one. Uh, so I had a... I had a it was I, I growing up. I, I live in a house back in the Dominican Republic, and uh, and so it was my house to the left of my house. There was a neighbor's house, and then to the left of that house, it was my best friend' house, and they were like next to each other. They were like adjacent. How you say that word? Adjacent or adjacent? Adjacent to each other, and so. Uh, me and my friend, we would like, I would get out of my garage and I would start screaming his name. His name was Adrian. And I would be, Adrian or Adrian. And he would be like, what? And, and it was just, that was just it. Like, good, what are you doing? Nothing. Okay. But we will do that so often. And then one day I hear a knock on my door and it was my friend's cousin who lived across the street who, um, uh, who uh, was telling me, hey, you need to go to your friend's house. And so I walked to my friend's house, and I'm wearing, and I'm waiting for him to come out of his house, and I'm facing towards his house. And to unbeknown to me, his cousin and his other friend came with a massive bucket filled with water and dumped it on me in, in front of everybody. And I felt humiliated, and I was so mad that I just grabbed my fist and went, and, this, and that day in that neighborhood, they started calling me Mon- Montrico, which means like little monster. Uh, nice. Because I have mad. So that was like one of the most embarrassing times for me. Bucket of water. Bucket of water. Little monster. Ever, little monster. Nickname. How I hate nicknames. And that was, yeah. You don't like nicknames? I mean, I, at that time more than now. Now I don't care. But back then, I will five or <laughs> I would. I did not like nicknames. So how old uh, were you? I was probably ten, if not younger. Yeah. yeah. Little monster. Little monster. So if we call you, like, if like around the office we called you a little monster. I don't care now. You wouldn't care? No, I don't care. 
Okay. I grown up. All right. Mature in the lore. Excellent. Yeah. yeah. So the, the, okay. The Lord should do. You get T-shirts made up that say "Little Monster." I would love it. Yeah. Growling. You would know proud. what we're talking about if I just yeah. went. Arr. What about you? Oh, um, embarrassing childhood experience. I bet. I, I bet you probably will come back to that question, right? <laughs> you have an answer to it. I do have an answer. Okay. To that. What is I it? I do have an answer to that. This would fall in the category of both kind of borderline embarrassing, but also um, uh, memorable slash proud moment. So embarrassing, but also memorable slash proud. Um, I got thrown out of a baseball game when I was uh, playing Little League. Wow. It was embarrassing because... What position? That I got thrown out No, that you played. I played second base. Okay. Second base, I also was catcher. I played second base and caught. But uh, so in the baseball game, uh, I got up to the plate, and it was one of my last games for Little League. And the umpire was, you know, a very serious guy. And so I got up to the plate for the at bat. And when I got up, I pointed to the fence like I was going to hit a home run. <laughs> and so I stepped into the batter's box. And when I got in the batter's box, uh, I pointed to left field, looking at the pitcher standing outside of it like I was calling my shot, like I was going to hit a home run. And um, got in the box. The pitcher pitched it. Umpire called a strike. And... Uh, Kind of people were like laughing in the stands. My coach was laughing. Some of the other players, I knew the guys on the other team. They're like, what was wrong with that one? And I said, oh, that was too low. I was complaining about the pitch. But got in the box again, pointed to the fence like I was going to hit a home run. And the umpire was like, get in the box, batter. Like he was kind of like no nonsense, not taking it. And so next pitch happened and it was a ball. And they're like, what was wrong with that? And I was like, way too high. I did it again. And he called another strike and I complained about the pitch a little bit. And then he tossed me from the game, threw me out of the game. How old were you? I think I was 12. Wow. And he, uh, he threw me out, wow. and I, I, I couldn't believe it. And people, wow. in, the, people in the stands couldn't believe it. Did you ever hit a home run? Yes. You did? My, my coach couldn't believe it. Um, nobody could believe it. And my coach yeah. like, came up and was like yelling at the umpire and like complaining. It looked like something like you would be see. Honest, be honest. You cry. I did not cry. No, I did, you did not. not I was 12 cry. years old. I didn't cry. No, I yeah. got thrown out of the game. It was embarrassing. Yeah. Because I got thrown. I mean, I didn't know any of my friends. It don't sound like it was embarrassing. It sounds like you're proud of it. Now, because (laughs) now as an adult, I look back and be like, that was a pretty cool moment. At the time, though, it was really embarrassing. It would have been cool if you actually would have hit it out of the park, but you didn't. I didn't get a chance to. I got thrown yeah, out before exactly. I got a chance to hit. So it was not, I don't know where you're <laughs> That's what I'm saying. So it was embarrassing. I mean, I, and he was like, very no nonsense, threw me out of the game. I was like, what? I didn't know anybody that ever had that yeah. happen to them. Like yeah. at, at 12 years old, to get thrown out of a baseball game. Yeah. Now it's kind of like one of those things I look back on being like, that was pretty respect, cool. It was respect. a cool experience. Yeah. But at the time, it was no, very, I, actually, I actually respect that. It was that's, very that's, embarrassing. That's Childhood yeah. experience. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't measure up to getting water dumped on me no i mean, I mean with a what, what does that? Yeah. little monster little monster come on <laughs> that's i don't know how you survived that it but was here you it are. was a, it was a couple of years but like i said the lord's the lord did a work in my life <laughs> indeed indeed let me ask you a question that is more biblical in nature okay so people view old testament books like numbers and leviticus mm-hmm. oftentimes as boring or irrelevant yeah what would you see as some truths that we can draw from those kind of books, Old Testament books. Yeah, well, I I will say that I would I I'm in between. Or no, I was gonna say between us, but the reality is like if you read those books, they can certainly be boring in the sense of like it's a lot of details, it's a lot of things that you at first glance will look at it and think 
man, why am I reading this? Like, if you're doing that yearly, read through the Bible in a year, and you get to Numbers and Leviticus, you, yeah. your, your, your temptation is to skip through that. Or be like, oh, I don't need to see the, gene the genealogy or the, or the things like that, you know? But if you go into it with a different perspective, and the perspective being, okay, I'm going to allow these two books, for example, those specific books, I'm going to I'm gonna allow God to use this book, or I'm going to ask God to use these two books to impart true in me, you will come out with a lot of insight from it. For instance, yeah. in Number, you, it's a book that is very detailed on records, on uh, things that has happened in history. And in one aspect, you can see how God really do, do care about details and how things do not go out of, uh, like, things don't fall under the crack. You know, we live in a society, we live in a world where details and, and things often tend to fall under the crack. Yep. And and you can see sometimes what, how that leads to people to despair and to, you know, anxiety, depression. So, like, for someone that is leading in that, to go to a book like Numbers and read it and see on with that glass or with, going into it with that understanding that God does care about details and you see how detailed it is, you'll be well uh, uh, encouraged by that. Sure. And then you look at the book of Leviticus that Leviticus too has a lot of like instructions and it's very sp explicit and very specific about things on how to worship God and how to do acts of offerings and how to uh, live a life that is set apart as a nation, right? You go into it looking at that as like instruction and you can be bore out. Like nobody wants sure. to read an instruction. Like I don't know the last time that you open about something for your kids and you were like, I'm going to read the instruction. What most of us tend to do is just like, we're going to wing it. But if you go into this looking, okay, let me see what God is doing here. You can see a God that is serious about holiness, yep. a God that is serious about uh, us living a life set apart or, or the people in the Israelites, you know, that they needed to live a life set apart from every other nation, a life that will bring honor and glory to God. And so I would say to those that are questioning, man, or that have a struggle reading those things, those two books, to go into it with a different perspective. To go into it asking God, hey, God, what do you want to teach me? And see, look for those things, for those themes. Yeah. One being details and the other one being the holiness of God and how serious, or how serious he is about his holiness. Sure. Yeah, yeah, that's good. What do you say? Um, yeah, I agree with the things that you said. Those are fantastic answers. Um, I think very insightful. Um, but I would say with a couple of things with, with Numbers <laughs> and Leviticus in particular – um, one numbers is a great <coughs> reminder that when you read that, that our God is a God of order, mm -hmm. right? And, and as you mentioned, he's concerned with the details and God is aware and, and is very specific, um, and doesn't make mistakes, right? Mm -hmm. So I feel like the book of numbers, as you get into that and you read a lot of, of just information, yeah. um, if you're reading that under the umbrella of understanding that God has perfectly orchestrated, yeah. His plan and and with prophecy, with Christ coming, with His plan of redemption, all of that, um, you read numbers and you leave with an appreciation for how how much our God mm -hmm. is a God of order and how mm -hmm. God is sovereignly in control and how yeah. he, he is the one that is orchestrating these things to take place in the manner in which He wants them to. And with Leviticus, I think it's a reminder as well of the appreciation for the grace of God. Like when you read Leviticus and you read about all the restrictions and all the regulations and all the laws that are present and the specifics of those things, and and you're reminded of the Old Testament penalties that were present for sin, and how God would deal with sin in the Old Testament. Um, I 
I know for me, it causes me to come away with a great appreciation for the grace of God mm -hmm. that's found through Christ. Mm -hmm. um, it also highlights the sinfulness of man yeah. and how much we need the grace of God. Yeah. And so I, I do feel like a lot of people, to your point, they go to those books thinking like, here I go, I got I to gotta read these books. And, and yeah. they don't want to or they don't think going into it they're going to receive anything yeah. from it. But when they go into it with this understanding of who God is and what it reveals about God, because the character of God is revealed through the Correct. pages of Scripture, and, and God is unchanging, right? Mm -hmm. The immutability of God is something that we should celebrate. And, so the and it's there it for a reason. Like, Absolutely. If we didn't need those two books, then, you know. Yeah, it's for our instruction, yeah, right? And so, and so God has preserved that for us on purpose. Yeah. So, yeah, that's, that's a good question that people mm -hmm. sometimes ask. Um, so let me ask you this. This is a, a little bit of a shift as far as to an area of, of um, I don't want to say it's controversy a lot of times with parents or with, with families, but given our current cultural climate, this is a pretty important question. How do you decide what media is appropriate to watch? Um, is that an individual choice or are there universal principles that you would glean from that? So like, you know, obviously yeah. Netflix, Prime Video, yeah. in general with media that you're watching, how do you decide what's appropriate and not appropriate? Yeah, I mean... I think that there has there there is it's 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 a there's both you know like universe there should be a universal standard, mm -hmm. but then there are also that individual standard. I think on universal meaning that if there's anything that it clearly opposes God, that clearly is against what the Bible uh, speaks and teaches, you know, then it should be universal for every believer to follow those, you know, to not uh, allow those things to be, uh, you know. Uh, What's the word I'm thinking? Uh, to allow those things to 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 compromise, to yeah. compromise your 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 stand. But I will go back to that verse that talks about how we're not, to, you know, that everything. When Paul is talking to the Romans, I believe in the Book of Romans, I was talking about how you can everything is permissible, but not everything uh, is uh, law or everything is lawful, but it's not everything is. How does that go? Profitable. Profitable. Yeah. Uh, I will I will bring that into this conversation in the sense that. Uh, it, it has to be a, a personal choice, you know, personal conviction in that for someone like, like, for example, if you may not be comfortable with watching a show that uh, is violent uh, because you feel that, you know, you have your criteria, your biblical reasons why you will say sure. this is something that I'm not going to watch. But someone like me may say I that's not an area of struggle. That's not something that I am going not going to 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 that's not gonna bother me or lead me to do things that I that it will not lead me to do commit sin, so I may be okay with that. And so it goes back to the same conversation of like, should a believer drink or not? Should a believer, uh, you know, X, Y, and C? I think it's a generic. It's under that umbrella of like everything is lawful, everything is permissible, but not everything is profitable. Yeah. And so there has to be that individual aspect of decision making. The other thing, too, that's hard is that we live in a culture that is wicked, a culture that is uh, depraved, a culture that calls good and evil. And as Christian, it is tough for us to go out and to try to put our Christian standards into into things that are not going to have those standards. And so that's why there's had to be that aspect of discernment and wisdom when it comes to what to watch, what to listen, what to use, what not to use, uh, and, and things like that. Yeah. What would you say? Yeah, I think that's those are good answers. Um, I feel like that's that's the struggle, obviously, as parents that parents are going to face when it comes to what they allow their children to take in and what they allow them to digest, and, and by way of 
music by way of video, TV shows, movies, things like that. And I, I agree, um, it, it is an individual choice to the extent that we are called as followers of Christ not to violate our conscience before the Lord, mm-hmm. right? And, and again, to your point, Paul talks about that. Um, he talks about that with the Corinthian believers where he says even about eating and drinking and, and the practices of what they're doing, that some are able to and some are not because of conscience before yeah. God. So I do agree with you that it's an individual thing as it relates to conscience before the Lord. The universal principles that are there, um, certainly there are universal principles that are given for every believer yeah. when it comes to what we allow our hearts and minds to dwell on, yeah. um, what we allow our hearts and minds to to take in, which then begins to and can begin to affect what we put out. Right. And so my, my kind of... Um, I don't know if you want to say it would necessarily be warning, but admonishment to someone who is consistently, constantly filling their head with, you know, things that would be, if if we're filling our heart and mind with things that are producing outwardly, yeah, things that are not honoring to the Lord because of what we're putting in, mm-hmm. obviously there needs to be a course correction, yeah. right? Yeah. And so I feel like that's a lot of what we're seeing in our current culture with, you know, the influence of video games on on kids. Um, the influence of the TV shows, media, social media, everything else, what they're putting in is eventually going to be seen in what they're putting out, yeah. right? And so that's where I think the caution needs yeah. to be. And I would um, add to like, and you kind of hinted to this, but there has to be an aspect of each individual to recognize what are the triggers in their life. Sure. Because one of the tools that Satan uses very well to lead people into sinning or to tempt people into sinning is media. Yeah. And often while we when we go into using media, we often go into with the assumption that we're more secure or better than we actually are. Yeah. And so, for example, a person that struggles with pornography may may th- may, may 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 know that they're that they, that's a era of struggle. But so they stay away from uh, anything that like 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 actually going to those type of websites, for instance. Right. But then they're OK with going and watching a show where it's borderline, if not falls under the curry or pornography. Sure. You know, and so you have to recognize what are those triggers. If if there's a show that you're watching or a song that you're listening that triggers you into going back to that habit or that sex or certain sex or that uh, sin, yeah. you know, you have to have wisdom and discernment to stay back. Sure. You know, that's an individual conviction that you need to have. Yeah. And something that you need to, and I give you my, my example, like for me for a season, uh, Early in my, in my Christian life, I struggled with cursing. And I will be listening, to your point, a lot of songs that had cursing songs. And so for me to be able to move past that, I had to remove myself from listening to songs that have that type of language. Sure. Because it was a trigger to, for me to go not only from intaking, but also to doing, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And that's, you know, that's the, the I guess you could say, the hard work of balancing being in the world but not of the world, correct? right? Um, having an understanding of where our culture is, being able to have informed conversation about where our culture is, and, and at the same time not allowing that to influence, you know, who we are and how we live mm-hmm. um, in a way that would be detrimental to our walk with Christ. And so this is a hard question because if we lined up 20 different people yeah. from different church backgrounds and different beliefs like that are followers of Christ but believe differently on a lot of yeah. those different areas— and you list 20 different TV shows, 20 different movies, 
probably every individual is going to have ones that they're like, no way should a Christian watch that. Correct. And someone else in the group's like, I love that show. Yeah. Like, so you're going to have all different opinions. Yeah. Yeah. And that's where it is an individual conscience before the Lord. But I guess the question would be, you know, is it influencing us in a way that would be contrary to our, yeah. for our walk with Christ? Yeah. And we have to be aware of that. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's a, that's a good question, though. A um, little lighter matter here, Eric, Pastor Eric Gill. Uh, what would be the most memorable concert that you've ever been to? Ooh. Most memorable concert. So the most memorable concert that I've ever been to, and I haven't been to that many, but the most memorable one without the shadow of a doubt was uh, a guy named Juan Luis Guerra. Uh, he is the greatest Dominican artist that has ever lived, in my mm. opinion. Uh, the, the, his best style of music is called merengue, which is a typical, uh, is a native style of song from the DR. And it was amazing. I mean, me and my brother, his girlfriend at the time, who was now his wife, and then her cousin, all of four of us went to this concert. Uh, this artist doesn't often sing in the DR. And so it was crowd house or pack house. Uh, and we were all celebrating, we're dancing, we're having fun. And then it starts to rain. And you will think that the people will start living, but no, that just made things even better. Mm. And then within the concert, he had invited some other like big names uh, into the uh, to come and like do like a, a duet or whatever you call that. And and so it was the most memorable one. It was mm. to this day I'll go back at times and go watch that live concert uh, nice. just to relive the memories, but also just to enjoy because it's good music. Yeah, it's not Christian music, but it's good music. Yeah, though. those are moments that like you remember and yeah enhances the experience. Yeah. What about yeah. you? Yeah, I, Don't tell, One Direction, right? Right? No, yeah, no, not One Direction. Um, um, we'll get back to this. No, I I think what comes to my mind about most memorable <laughs> concert would be something more recent. I mean, I, I haven't been to a ton of concerts as far as music mm. concerts. I prefer more, uh, like venues like plays or like productions. Really? You're a play guy? Like that. Well, depends. Like I love Les Miserables. Like I've been to see Les Miserables really? in, in New York. Do you like the movie Pittsburgh. by uh, Jack, Hugh, Hugh Jackman? Yeah. Yeah, I yeah. thought it was pretty good. Um, yeah. But like, so that's like a, that's a musical. Yeah. So I don't know if it would necessarily fall into the category of a concert, which it kind of, kind of would mm. and kind of not. Uh, What's but, your all-time favorite musical? Um, The Greatest Showman? That's a good. That Greatest Showman's very it's good. Really good. Les Miserables probably yeah. my favorite. Though. Really, like because I, I've yeah. I, the experience of seeing that. You know, I saw that Pittsburgh Playhouse in Pittsburgh, and then I, also in New York City, and it's just the overall the atmosphere of it and the production mm -hmm. of it and mm -hmm. all the all the things are there. That would probably be one of the most memorable. But as far as like most memorable specifically concerts, I would two things come to my mind, and not even because they're the most um, decorated or the most professional, or like the elite. But two things come to mind. One would be Trans-Siberian Orchestra. Went to see Trans-Siberian Orchestra for Christmas, their Christmas production, uh, which is really cool because I, I really liked And this is when my wife and I were like newly married. They singing like Drummer Boy or what's that song No, called? I mean, they, they, Trans-Siberian Orchestra. Mary, I'm, did I'm you know, to... which by the way she did know? No, I mean, it's in the Bible. Not... Did they, is that what they sang? No, no. <laughs> Trans-Siberian Orchestra is very popular around Christmas because they do like, lights and like it's i don't know how to explain it i don't know how to okay. explain it but they it was Google it was just a very entertaining okay. venue that we my wife and i went to see together and it was a very entertaining time and and it was a really neat experience but then more presently um one of the things that sticks out to me was last year 
uh, being with my kids at the Alive Festival. And shout out to the Alive Festival. Oh, but you we went spoke to like, there, didn't you? <laughs> you that's, oh, I, for, going for a circle. See, Reverend last, Bruce Rosa. Last year at the Alive Festival. World class speaker. <laughs> Alive Festival. Thousands of thousands of people last attending. Last year at the Alive Festival. Uh, we you get had to the, meet Lecrae? We had the kids. And at the concert, that the one day, we went to several days of concerts, but the one day, it was like um, Lecrae was there. So you news met him. Boys, news boys, <laughs> news boys were there old school. Like, they had everybody together because Toby yeah. Mack was there and Michael Tate was there. And it was it was a really neat neat thing, almost like a reunion of DC yeah. Talk. And, and it was just a very hyped up, fun yeah. atmosphere. And our kids loved it. They were jumping all over the place. And it was just, it so was a great you, time. you're a dad of four girls. Yes. Which, you know, if you have met them, you know that they're all energetic and fun. Yes, uh, yes. What was your persona at this concert? Were you just like the typical dad, just like hands on your pockets watching? No, I was up or front. Were you, we were up front jumping, or dancing. Were you part of the mop pit? Yeah, we were a big part of the mosh pit up there. Like mosh we were up pit. there just yeah. like dancing, jumping, like all kinds of stuff. Like yelling. Quick, one answer. If you could go to anyone's concert right now, who would it be? I have no idea. Perfect. Okay. Who would you? No, I'm, I was asking well, I'm asking question. you. Who would you? I will go to that guy's concert again, honestly. <laughs> I thought you said he is he alive still? I yeah, thought you he's said alive. he passed. No, no, he's alive. Oh. Don't kill my guy just. So yet. you would go yeah. you would go to that one. Yeah, I think I'll go for that just to relive it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I would go back to the live festival then the same lineup. Oh, oh, perfect. Same lineup. Listen, you're bucking my answers, but that's a cop out answer. That's not a cop out answer. That is that is, that is, that is, a, cop, that is a, a true answer. answer. Didn't you hear the part that uh, I said that I go back I and would listen? I go back to that one. Like, Didn't you say, hear the fact that I said I go back and watch that concert because I relive the memory? So of course, if I could go to a concert or not, honest, you'd be Justin Justin Bieber. You'd be going Justin, Justin Bieber, Bieber concert. Nah, yes, nah. I do know who will go to a Justin Bieber. Though. Who? John Louis. John Louis. Yes, <laughs> he would probably. And Brian Araujo. Yes, Araujo. Yes, yeah. Araujo. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Hey everybody, Eric. This is unprecedented. It is unprecedented. It's unprecedented. We've never had this happen before. Never had it, but we, I guess there's a, a, sometimes a first. Yes. Sometimes. And not you always, and I are sometimes. never long-winded. We're not. Ever. No. We never go over time. We never. We never lost track of time. We are normally very precise. Very precise. Always. Always. Not always, but most of the time. But unprecedented. If you were here, you're listening. We're at the halfway-ish point. Never had this before. We have a part two to this podcast yeah. next week. Next week. So so just this, this is an hour long. Tune in next week for yeah. part two. Come back. Unprecedented. Yeah. Be on the pew. Next week, we'll finish this out. So in the back. meantime, we do want to end with a question that we, typically, that we always end, which yes. is, what is your life beyond the pew? Yes. We hope it's on in the Lord. Come back next week, part two. Yeah, part two.